reading tonight, I want you to think about this. The Bible says in verse 8, Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him, and warned him of, and saved himself there not once nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants, and he said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? <clears throat> and one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dotham. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the Lord of the man of God was risen early, and gone forth, behold, and host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? I could just say that, man, chills begin to run away all over my arms and everything. I mean, could you see what this young man saw at that time? I mean, here was the king, the king of Syria, as he had come down and compassed the city wherein the man of God was. And this, this man, this servant of the man of God came out and he saw around the whole ridge, he saw the enemy's camp. Fear began to overwhelm him. And he cried out, Alas, Master, what shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed, and he said, Lord, I pray thee, Open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. I want to bring a message tonight. Oh, open our eyes, O oh Lord. It's time that God's people realize who we are. Amen. This world that seems to be a mighty foe against the Christian today, everything that you see transpiring in the world is set at encompassing the Christian roundabout. But you need to realize one thing. 
God's people are on the winning side. I mean, when you look, and, and this is one thing that I've, that I've actually prayed concerning this house, that we would get a glimpse of the heavenly host that fills this house even now. In your mind's eye, I want you to see that God, uh, God has a heavenly host around this house. And he's, a, he's got a heavenly host around his people. And if only we could see that with our eyes. But then again, the Christian is not to live by sight alone, is he? He's to live by faith. And tonight, that is my, my, my hope and prayer that we will, as God's people, realize that we serve a mighty God. As the army of the Lord, as I, say, as I spoke this morning, as the army of the Lord, there is much to be said about the forces that we do not see. They far outnumber the forces that are before us today. And may God help us to open our eyes to see that. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your throne this evening, we do so with thankful hearts. We thank you, dear God, for your great salvation. We are also thankful, Father, that you've told us that you will never leave us and you'll never forsake us. That tells me, O oh God, that even at this moment, at this hour, at this point in time, not only are thy angels gathered around, we have the promise that you are also in the midst. Lord, once again, I, I claim your scripture of 1 John 4 and 4, that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So, Father, I pray that you open our eyes. Every, every doubt that comes before us today, Lord, I pray that you open our eyes to see that there is no need to fear. There's no need to stand in fright we stand by faith and not by sight. Lord, bless us today. Lord, forgive us our sin. In Jesus Christ's name, and amen. <clears throat> you know, one of the songs that we sang, and I, I really didn't get the number of the, the song that the young people sang, but in, on 198, there's something here that I want, you to, I want you to think about, what we sang here. I believe it was 198. Brother, what was that first song you sang? Three fifty-seven. I start to say that's not the song that I'm thinking about. It's a good song, but it's not the song that I was thinking about. Listen, I want you to think about this. Bright, brightly beams our Father's mercy from His lighthouse evermore. But to us, He gives the keeping of the lights along the shore. Dark the night of sin has settled, loud the angry billows roar. Eager eyes are watching and longing for the lights along the shore. Trim your feeble lamp, my brother, some poor sailor tempest-tossed. Trying now to make the harbor in the darkness may be lost. 
That second verse tells the story, I believe. As you think about the, the, the dark skies that look in the world today, we think about this second verse as it says, Dark the night of sin has settled. Loud the angry billows roar. Eager eyes are, are watching and longing for the lights along the shore. You know, today's Christian, I believe we need to get a hold of some of the things that are, that are stated in that second verse there on that song. It is a night of darkness as you look, as it concerns the light that we are to be portraying. Emmanuel, it is not our, is it not our case from time to time that oftentimes we think the very worst before we ever look toward the Heavenly Father. Sometimes we get overwhelmed because our minds work overtime in its formulating an answer to our crisis. Often enough, we don't even see the force for the trees. We miss many blessings while we're worrying about the, set, the situation of the problem. Here, Elisha reassures his servant that God's forces always will outnumber the forces of Satan. First of all, I want you to notice something, what happened here. You see, as we spoke of this morning, the servant's fear. Now listen, folks, I know that each and every one of us have dealt with the fear before. We have dealt with fears of, uh, of whatever it is in the world that we are dealing with on a daily basis. There are sometimes different things that cause fear to come into our hearts. Just like this young man, is he the servant? I, I call him a young man. As a servant of the man of God, I look and I, I see this young man as he walks out and he sees the trouble before him. As he sees the, as he sees the risk of life and limb, as, as he looks out and he sees a great force ahead of him. And all he can imagine is, oh, preacher, look what we've got going on. I mean, can you imagine what he was really thinking? He was, he was filled with fright as he looked out and he saw the problem. He saw the issue that was before him. And the very thing that was going on in his mind had crippled him in his fear. His fear had absolutely caused him to be crippled. And the only thing he could do was cry out, Alas, Master, what shall we do? You know, sometimes in our lives we get to that point, don't we? And most of the time what we're actually doing when we're saying that, Alas, what in the world am I going to do? Maybe there's some sickness that's come up in your life. Maybe, maybe there's some, uh, some foe that has, that, has, that has overwhelmed you to such a degree that you look and you say, what in the world am I going to do? Sometimes the enemy may be pressing in awful tight. Sometimes the issues of life begin to spring up upon us and, and almost overwhelm us. We look and we say, Oh Lord, what are we going to do? 
the problem with most of us is that we we tend to we tend to live too much by sight and not enough by faith. The reason why we get overwhelmed from time to time when problems come up, when issues of life begin to spring forth is simply because we're not looking at the big picture. We only see exactly what's in front of us and what's in front of us is a foe that we cannot deal with. That's what this young man saw. When he walked out and he saw the great force that was before him, it is just like you and I. How in the world am I going to get through this? How in the world am I going to get through this? How did this fear come? It came through his eyes. Our reliance upon the seen often clouds our perception of the unseen. You see what I'm saying? A lot of times our problems just overwhelm us before we ever consider the unseen world that's out there. Mark in chapter 4, as you go back for just a moment and you look at this, this, uh, this account where uh, the Lord was in a ship and the Bible states here that this ship began to really be in trouble. It says in verse 35 of Mark in chapter 4, And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. I mean, here is the Lord, amen? They knew he was the Lord. They knew he was in charge of all things. They knew the miracles that this man had performed in all in the, in the three years of his ministry. They knew everything that he had done and they knew that this was the man, the best man to have on board, amen? They knew that this was the one that they needed to have somewhere in the ship. But yet when the troubled seas began to churn, when the boat began to be filled to a point that it could have capsized, notice what is said here. And when they sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there was also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat upon the ship, so that it was now full. Now again, I want you to see the problem. You know, sometimes in our lives, it's the little things that begin at the first that we don't pay a whole lot of attention to. Listen, they probably wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to the fact that there was water starting to come on board. It always does that. There's always a storm in our lives and there's always a little bit of water that gets in the way, amen? There's always this thing that, that kind of is an annoyance to us. You know, our feet are getting wet. Our clothes are getting damp. But here, this is what they, 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 say, they saw here. And, and speaking of Jesus Christ, he was in the hinder part of the ship, sleep on a pillow. And they awake him and they say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Listen, this was his followers. He, he definitely cared for them. They spoke in a moment of haste when they said, Listen, don't you know the problem that we're going through? Oftentimes we get there, don't we? 
We say, Lord, don't you care anymore? Don't you care? We're having these problems in our family. We're having these problems on the job. We're having these problems at home. Listen, don't you care anymore? And that's what, that's just exactly what these men were saying here. Don't you see we're having a problem? Don't you care? Verse 39 says, He arose and he rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto him, them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? You know why? Because they were living by sight. They weren't living by faith at that time, were they? Just like us, and sometimes when we have our problems, we're not living by faith. All we see is the problem. We see an insurmountable bill that cannot be paid and all we see is the problem of an empty bank account. We see the sickness that that we have been pronounced with and all of a sudden all we can think about is there's a problem too big. We forget to call on God, don't we? Folks, I want you to know something. It's important to remember God in our moments of crisis. Listen, during that moment of crisis in your life, listen, you got to quit living by sight. you got to start living by faith because sometimes the storm is just too big to live by sight. you got to live by faith. And that's what we see here. We go over and we think about Matthew chapter 14 where Peter and the men were out fishing and, and, and all of a sudden Jesus comes a-walking across the, across, across the water. And of course they all, they all immediately, they saw it and the only thing they could think of was some kind of spirit is out there. But what did Peter do? I know Peter gets a bad rap in a lot of messages, but Peter, Peter was a man of action, was he not? Peter was a man of action. Always he was a man of action. Now, his actions were not always the purest. His actions were not always the best. But he was a man of action. He was going to do something and get something done. And when he saw Jesus walking on the water, the Bible states, he said, If thou be Christ, bid me to come unto thee. What did Jesus do? He said, Well, come on. So what? Started living by faith, did he not? There was a great problem out ahead of him. He was going to have to walk on water. He was going to sink. That's a problem, folks. That's a real problem with me. I don't much care about getting underwater and getting in a place where I can't get back up. And I think about Peter. Listen, Peter started living by faith and he jumped out of the boat and he began to walk on the water. You know when Peter got in trouble? He was walking on the water, folks. He was there. He was in a place where he could be blessed. He was in a place where he could do something that he'd never done before. But... There's that word, but. He took his eyes off of the Lord and he started looking by, living by sight. He started facing the sea with his eyes. What happened? He began to sink, just like you and I do every time we get in trouble. It's always because we have taken our eyes off the Lord. It's always because we forgot to focus upon God. You know, the, uh, last week, was it, or a couple of weeks ago, I was preaching on that fact that we need to keep our eyes upon the Lord because there's times in our lives that we take our eyes off of God. 
And we always get in trouble. We always end up in a bad position when we take our eyes off the Lord. Listen, folks, I want you to know something. I'm not here, and I'm here today, and I'm not ashamed to say, listen, I know that this world and the world's problems are bigger than me. You know what I've got to do? I've got to live by faith. Amen? I've got to take my eyes off of the problem ahead, and I've got to start living by faith. That's what helped Peter to get out of the boat. He was living by faith. But, even in our best moments, when we're living by faith, we're, if we're not careful, we can take our eyes off the Lord. We don't, see, we don't see Him no more. All we see is the problem ahead of us. You know what happened? You know what happened? We were blind to the Lord. You know what? That's exactly what happened to this young man in 2 Kings chapter 6. All the, th- the only thing that this man could see was the enemy outside. He did not see the force, the heavenly force that God had already provided until the Lord opened his eyes. Now secondly, how does fear come? How does it manifest itself? Through a weak heart. In 2 Kings 6 and 15, we see that this servant said, Alas, Master, how shall we do? This all too often is our plight. Our hearts do faint at the first sign of trouble. In Nehemiah chapter 2, if you remember, at the building of the wall, listen, when Sambal and Tobiah and all those guys came in and began to, to ridicule and to make fun of and to, and to declare that they were going to tear down the walls that they built, listen, it caused the people to be faint-hearted. As a matter of fact, there was a rendering there in the Word of God that stated that there was too much rubbish for us anymore. Listen, we've got a job to do, Amen. God's people have a work to do. There's a lot of rubbish out there in the field, but listen, God's people have a, have a call to go forth and, and pick up the rubbish and clean up the place. You know what that means? That God's people need to be doing what God sent them forth to do. Elisha's answer to his servant was, Behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. I, I, I could just imagine as, as that young man's eyes were opened up and as all of a sudden the hills began to light up with the chariots of fire that was all around them. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that that man's heart, I mean, boy, he got stiff in the back then, didn't he? He looked around and he saw that great force and, he, and then he looked at the heavenly, the heavenly host. Again, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Don't have a faint heart. I know troubles come upon us. I, I mean, folks, I want you to know something. Uh, when, when things happen in our lives that we can't control, one of the, great, one of the reactions to all people is, is, that, is, is the fear thing. Because fear will make you do two things. It'll either make you fight or it'll make you flee. It'll make you your flight. The one thing like I spoke of this morning, listen, when you run, when you turn your back on the enemy, listen, you're bound to get hurt. You're bound to have attacks from the backside. Not only that, you're bound to, to, to lead a family into trouble because you can't see the volleys that are coming behind you. 
You can't see all the problems. That's when people really get in trouble. Listen, in Second Chronicles, in chapter 20, we, saw, we see where, where there's a great force coming in down against the people of God. And, and man, they were, they were filled with fear. You know what they done? The man of God began to pray. And he began to pray hard. Let me tell you something. That's what's going to change the lives of a lot of people is a lot of good prayer. Amen? God, Lord, I want to see that I may be able to defend, to lead my family aright. Listen, there are times in our lives when these situations come up and all we see is the foe ahead of us. And when this man of God in 2 Chronicles began to pray, Listen, do you know what God's answer was? Listen, he said, be not dismayed. That tells me something right there that, that each and every one of us need to get a hold of. We're in the hands of Almighty, amen? Do you still believe in the providence of God? Listen, there's a lot of, there's a lot of churches don't even preach yet no more. The providence of God. Do you know that your hand... You're in the hand of the great God of heaven. And everything that he does, according to Romans in chapter 8, is for our good and his glory. Folks, Romans chapter 8 is still good for God's people. Amen. It is still good for each and every one of us to get a hold of because everything that happens to us in life, listen, is for his ultimate glory. Remember that. You're going through something. Listen, I don't know. Listen, there's things that come in all, all of our lives. There's things that come in my life. And let me tell you something. There's times when I say, I don't know. Somebody asked me, well, how are you going to do it? I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. I know God's going to get me through it because he's either going to get me through it or he's going to take me home one or the other. I'm in his hand. Amen. That, that's important to get a hold of. It's easy to get fear filled with fear. But know this. When we're filled with fear, we're not living by faith. We're not living knowing that Romans 8:28 is for all of us, whether it be good or bad. Listen, we look at it as we look at it whether it be good or bad, but understand this, it's all for God's glory. If you're saved by God's amazing grace, the things that we go through, the, the actions that we take, the actions that are taken against us, whatever it is, listen, don't fear what God has for your life. It's easier said than done, isn't it? It's easy for this preacher to say that. Listen, I don't know what my reaction would be. I know what it should be. But if that doctor down the road says, hey, you've got an incurable cancer and you're, going, you're getting ready to die within two weeks, that'd be hard to take, wouldn't it? Listen, I want you to know something. I had 13 days with my dad when we found out he had cancer. 13 days is all I had. The one thing he kept telling me, son... Dying's not hard if you know the Lord. I mean, I don't know if he was just trying to strengthen me up or what, but that got a hold of me. Folks, that's, that's living by faith. 
Listen, understand this. When we're living by faith, whatever God puts in front of us, we're going to be able to overcome our fears. Wherever, whatever, whatever happens, God is going to bless us because He says, you're not going to have to fight this fight. I'll fight it for you. You got people that are staking a stand against you? Listen, leave it in the hands of God. One thing I've come to find out and one thing I've come to realize, the greatest thing for my ministry is not to worry about the naysayers and about those that want to trample you down. I don't worry about that no more. I used to. It used to drive me nuts. I mean, it used to really get a hold of me. It would tear me up at night. I would spend nights without sleeping because somebody had said something or acted in a way. And I thought, Lord... It's in your hands. You know, the moment that you do that, you begin to have peace. Because you know why? Because you're, you're trusting in Him. You're relying upon Him. Rely upon Him. Listen, fear will, will sink immediately. Now lastly, I want you to think about this. How does fear come and manifest itself? We think about that young man. Again, he said, Alas, my master, how shall we do? It comes through our minds. Our minds often get us in trouble. We think of, of things that are not there. We make up things in our mind that are often enough doesn't even exist. Just like the monster under our beds or the wolf in the closet. I remember those times as a little boy. I remember the times when I would, I would tell my mom you know, every, every night, I was probably about four or five years old and I still remember the fear that was in my heart. And I would holler for her about every night at about 10 o'clock I'd holler. We had to go to bed at 8.30 or 9 o'clock every night. That's just the way it was. When it got dark, you went to bed. Well, that left sometimes a very long night. and You had to fight those monsters under your bed all night long. You know, I remember... My mom would come in. She would read us a Bible story. She would get us calm back down. She'd look under the bed. She'd say, there ain't nothing under there. Our minds had played tricks on us. You know how you hear those things at night? Listen, you go out in the woods at night. You take a walk on a dark night. Let me tell you something. You hear things. <laughs> they may not be there, but you're going to hear them. Folks, I want you to know something. Our minds can play tricks on us. Our minds can make us think that somebody has said something and talking about us and done so. Somebody looked at me odd. Somebody said something to somebody. There's over with. I know they was talking about me. See, that's how our minds work, isn't it? You know what I'm saying? I'm not the only one been there. Surely. Our minds have played tricks on us. Romans 12, 1 and 2 again, as I get ready to close. I think I was here this morning. But I love this scripture because it gives me reassurance to know that, listen, God says, I, I'm going to give you something. I look at this young man as he looked out and all he could see was an enemy. All he could see was the, was the armies, the Syrian armies, and they were, they were surrounding them and that's all he could see. 
until the man of God prayed and opened his eyes. And then he saw the chariots afar all the way around the hillside. And they far outnumbered the enemy. Folks, I want you to remember, God always outnumbers our enemy. Regardless of what you're going through, God is always more powerful. He's always more able. He is always, he's always got the answer that we need. Romans 12, he tells us, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be it transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. <clears throat> When you, when you start thinking that somebody's talking about you, when you start thinking that, that so-and-so is against you, you can tell, you can see how they looked at you. Listen, you remember, it's time to renew your mind and start living by faith. Here we are, the people of God. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And the Bible states that we are to love one another, we're to encourage one another. Listen, when you start thinking bad thoughts, it's probably the devil putting things in your mind. It's probably just the devil. It ain't the Holy Spirit. Listen, remember that. It's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not lead its body to turn against each other. That's always the work of the devil. Remember that. It's always the work of the devil. If there is a, if there is a power in your mind that's stating that you need to be against another brother or sister in Christ, you know this. That's not of the Lord. That's always of the devil. Our minds often get us into trouble. Proverbs 29 and 25. The Bible states here something for us I want you to get a hold of. It says, The fear of man bringeth a snare. You see, it gets you in trouble. It gets you caught up. Fear will destroy you. The reason why that the Lord says you're not... He doesn't give us a, a <laughs> He doesn't give us a, a, oh shoot a state of fear a spirit of fear Thank you brother He does not give us the spirit of fear We're saved from the wrath of God we're saved from the wrath of the world even when you realize that we're on the Lord's side. Listen. He says again. The fear of man bringeth a snare. But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. That's what God's word says. And then we go on over to Joshua. Joshua in chapter 1. I'm going to come to a close right here. Joshua chapter 1. Notice what it says here in verse 9. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be you dismayed. What happens when you're dismayed? Your mind's messed up. It creates all kinds of havoc. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Folks, I want you to know something. That's the promise we have from God. When Elisha looked around and began to pray that the young man's eyes would be opened, 
When God opened his eyes and all he could see was the forces of heaven far outnumbering the forces of the devil, you have to realize we still serve the same God. And we still serve the same God with the power to overwhelm our enemy. May the Lord bless is our prayer. Let's all stand please. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your throne, we do so with thankful hearts. We thank you, dear God, that at times when we're afraid, you open our eyes and we can see clearly that not only in our sicknesses that you feel our infirmities, but in our lonely hours, you're always by our side. Father, I pray that you will help us to be to be all we can be for your honor, for your glory. Help us, dear God, never to flee in fear, but to always count upon the power of the Almighty as we live by faith and not by sight. Lord, bless us. Bless this church. May there be souls saved and the saved brought closer to you. And we ask you to forgive us our sin. In Christ's name, and amen. Have our song leader.